You're listening to the Banner Church Podcast, recorded in Scottsdale, Arizona. Thank you so much for listening. For more information, visit us online at thebannerchurch.com. I love Ephesians 3, uh, 16, because it says, Oh, that you would grasp how deep and wide is the love of God. By the power of the Holy Spirit that you would get a hold of that. That's our prayer. It starts with love. The second thing in our mission is disciple. Nick uh, painted these really cool banners, and it was love, disciple, sin. And it was a heart. It was a torch, like passing the torch. I like that. And a ship uh, for sin. And I like that idea of passing a torch. It's important because Jesus says here in uh, Matthew 28, he says, All authority can, is, has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. Go and make disciples. He's saying, let the love you found motivate you outside these walls so it can transform others. That's what he's saying. Let the love that you found that fuels you, that sparks you, where you were like, man, I'm a wreck. Like, I'm overcome with these things. And God spoke into your life. He met you where you're at. And he came in with the love. That should inspire you to get outside the walls and begin to share that. And, and, and not just, like, say it to people, but begin to see it transform. Discipleship is about transformation. Did you know the love of God is supposed to transform you? This morning, and we talk about that all the time, that God loves to take you as you are, but he's just not cool with leaving you there. Because it turns out we're kind of a mess, amen? Like, I'm a little bit of a mess, and, and I don't want to stay this way. Could you imagine if just in every area of my life I never grew, just like I was the same shape as I was as a baby? Like, I had this mind and this beard, but just baby shape. Like, it would be, it'd be weird. It would be so weird because there should be growth. And some of you get the weirdest mental pictures. <laughs> I've lost half of you for the rest of the sermon. <laughs> it's all you pictures. I don't know. Anyways, we'll move on. Uh, but God desires transformation. God desires growth. But what's true in the world, and I feel like it's more true in every year, and every year, especially as media increases and social media increases, in your life, you are being discipled by someone, and you are always discipling someone else. Did you know that? Who you follow on social media will determine how you're discipled. Have you ever seen somebody? Uh, I was talking to someone recently uh, about a guy, and, and, and I, when we would go to this coffee stand, I would see him progressively get more, uh, the better, the worthy person I came talk about is tactical. It was like every time I'd see him, he got, he was like kind of normal dressed, and every time I see him, then he got like a tactical belt, right? And then I saw him again, and he had like a tactical gun, come and take my gun shirt, right? And then like he got more and more tactical. He looked cool. I mean, he's, he's a cool dude. I, I'm down with him. But it's like he was being influenced and discipled by these things. I'm not saying they're bad or anything like that. It's, yeah, it's cool, man. But you can tell what's influencing you, what's discipling you. I can tell a young person when they begin in their freshman year who's discipling them based on how they look at the end of their freshman year. It's dramatic. And it will, it, it's going to happen. You say, oh, no, it's not going to happen. I, I'm an influencer. Sure. But you're also going to get influenced. And that's why discipleship is so important because whether it's at work and a boss in your life, whether it's a parent, whether it's any, all of those people are flawed. All those people are broken. All those people have their own motivation. And yet, the reason we desire to be discipled by the word of God through Jesus Christ is that he only has your best interests in mind. 
that the people when we disciple through the word, the only end goal of Christ is that you would be transformed by the renewing of your mind and discover more hope. It isn't an end game. It's not to sell protein shakes on Instagram. It's literally so that you can become better as he intended you to be. Amen. Amen. And that's why we think small groups are important. Right? That's why small groups are important. Because we need to get together and disciple one another and grow together and be together and learn together. That's why presence nights are important. Because we need to disciple, grow, learn. When someone comes in, our belief, our dream, our vision, obviously we're not achieving that yet, but this is our mission, our belief, is that people will become disciples. That if you come to this church for a hundred years, if you live really long apparently, or one year, that you would leave inspired and transformed by the renewing of your mind. Amen. The last thing this morning, the, the, the last part of our mission statement is sent. And this is really kind of the focus of, of this month, to go and make disciples of all nations. Some people have asked me, uh, why Banner Church? Like, why the name Banner? There's a hospital named Banner. Why did you pick that same name? It's because I, I, love the, I love it that in all of history, God has been preparing to lift, to raise Jesus Christ up as the banner for all people and all nations to come on earth. Isaiah 11.10 says, from the root of Jesse, right? And that day, the root of Jesse will stand as a banner for the peoples, and the nations will rally to him, and his resting place will be glorious, right? From the root of Jesse, you're like, who's the root of Jesse? That's through David, King David. It means Jesus Christ, the Messiah. He was promised first to the Jews, but then when Jesus comes, it says in John uh, 12, 32, it says, when I'm lifted up, I will draw all people to myself. When I become the banner, I'll draw all people. So we said, man, we got to call our church Banner Church because we believe that God has come for all nations and for all people. That this would be a church, this would be a movement that is all about all nations. All nations means everyone. Did you know the person who walks down right here? That's all nations. Did you know the person that's in Thailand right now? That's all nations. The person who's in England right now? That's all nations. The person who's at your school right now? That's all nations. The person that sits next to you at work? That's all nations. Jesus was lifted up to bring all people under him. Last night I was, uh, I was at uh, a party at this tattoo shop. Uh, it was pretty cool. Uh, people were like, what? Um, I know. I'm sorry. I'm not your normal pastor. Uh, it was like a two-year anniversary thing, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm just trying to like share the love of Jesus, right? Um, and when I was talking to people, what, what, the Lord just hit me again with a verse that I had written down. Everybody's looking for Jesus. Doesn't matter where you go. I've been in cathedrals. I've been in tattoo shops. I've been in slums, and I've been in million-dollar houses. Can I tell you this? Everybody's looking for Jesus. Everyone. Amen. And as I stood there and I and I talked to people, like, what's your purpose, man? Yeah, great. That's your job. I get that. That's great. But what's your purpose, man? What if you lose your job? What's your purpose? I realize everybody's looking for Jesus. Everybody. This is not where you go. Everyone's looking for Jesus. I love it, Mark, when Jesus goes away to pray, and, and the disciples, like, find him, and they're all hurried and frantic, and they're like, Jesus, where, where have you been, man? Everyone's looking for you. And they didn't realize how true that was. Everybody is looking for Jesus. That is, that's what keeps me up at night. Is that everyone is looking for Jesus, and have I exhausted every option to get Jesus to them? 
Everyone is looking for Jesus. You might think you're looking for a job. You might think you're looking for something at El Jefe or, or, or over here in the entertainment district. You might think you're looking for God at the country club, at the strip club. You might think you're looking for God in your job. You might think you're looking for hope here and hope here and hope here and hope here and life here and strength here and purpose here. But you're never going to find it. Everyone is looking for Jesus. They just don't know. And what gets me, the purpose for this month comes straight out of Romans 10. It'll be on the screen. And again, I'm just setting it up here because there's some big things we got playing this month. But Romans 10, 14 through 15, man, this verse, it like fires me up, gets me like overwhelmed and just like amped at the same time. So is everyone with me this morning? Because I'm trying to keep it on time and I get carried away, but I want to get excited. <laughs> it's in Romans 10, 14 to 15, it says, How then... I'm going to go back to 13. This not on here. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone's looking for Jesus. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Verse 14. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. Can I tell you, this is why Missions Month. This is why I love Disciples said right here. Is that we found the love of God. Can I tell you, if you found the love of God, then you found something precious. You found something life-giving. You found something hope-bringing. When I was still a slave to sin, God broke in. Someone shared the hope of Jesus Christ with me. They brought me life-giving water, and everything in my life changed. Didn't mean I wasn't kind of a mess and broken. Doesn't mean I still don't wrestle through things. It means that somebody had the blessed feet of the good news that brought it to me and spoke into my life and they didn't give it to me so I could hoard it and lock it in a closet. They gave it to me so I can continue. What you have inherited is not a gift, it's a legacy. What they've given you is not to hoard, but to take, not to drop it off at goodwill, but to lift it up. There's a difference. My wife has a diamond that was handed down in our family, and it wasn't so that we'd lock it away. It's so that we would use it and show it and care for it. See, when you get something precious, you show it off. When you get something not worth it, you toss it kind of in the back in the closet. Like, why do we need this? But you got something precious. And so Romans 10, we go back to that. How can they call on the one they have not believed? How can they believe in the one they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching it? See, we're a church. Can I tell you? that is obediently following the Great Commission because I'm willing to go all in for that. I'm willing to go all in for, for the idea, for, for the belief that everybody in this city should know the love of Jesus Christ. Why are we Banner Church? Because we believe that everyone should know the love of Jesus. Everyone, yes, everyone. Everyone should know the love of Jesus. And I will go to the grave exhausting the options of how to get the love of Jesus to them. Man, there is not an idea crazy enough for me to not try. I'm just like ready. You got an idea, bring it. I met with someone this week, awesome idea. Bring it. Let's, let's see it because I believe in that. You know, this week, it's my last thought, but because it's important, I want to I land this for you this morning, is that this week I met with someone. I like that tune. Um, this week I met with some, or we were in our small group and someone shared really honestly, and I'm not going to say who it is, but it's important. They said like, when I asked the question, how would you live your life with Jesus' heart? They said, I don't know. 
he'd probably like quit my job and change everything about my life. And so I started thinking, how, how, how much of us as people do we sometimes feel like the mission of Jesus Christ is, is beyond us? That it's for like pastors or crazy missionaries or Marissa who wants to go to Oman or, or other people. It's not, it's not for us. And we talked about it as a group. And, and, and what I encourage them with, I want to encourage you with you today. And that comes straight from Matthew 25. It's the last verse, but I think it's so important is this. Matthew 25 is normally used to scare people, but I want it to empower you this morning. Because I think it takes what we think is so grandiose and it brings it down into how we're supposed to live our life practically. Matthew 25, it says this. Starting in verse 34. It says, then the king will say to those on his right, this is the final judgment. It says, the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them. Truly, I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it for me. Look at these things, food for the hungry, water for the thirsty, clothing for the needy, hospitality, healing, medical care, visiting the lonely. Do any of those things require a ministry degree? Do any of those things require a ministry degree? No, none of those things. Do any of those things require you to know every element, element of biblical theology? Please study biblical theology. <laughs> but do any of those things require that? No. And this is where it hits it for us, is because simply, Sending, going, sending is simply taking the heart of Christ anywhere our feet are called to go. Follow me, church, this morning. Sending, being sent, is just taking the heart of Christ that he's birthed inside of you when you were reborn through the resurrection of Jesus Christ anywhere our feet is called to go. This week, I went with uh, one of my, one of my uh, friends and brothers in this church, and we went to the hospital and kind of like advocated for him and his wife, and, and we, did, we did that. That's, that's the ministry of Jesus Christ. In our small group, uh, there was a there's a couple that went and visited uh, another gentleman in our church, and I was just like, they've been here for for three weeks, <laughs> already visiting people. You're a missionary. Did you know that? Did you know that you're a missionary? You're a missionary. My dad brought food to a gal in our, our church who, who got injured and, and can't get out of the house, and he, and he sits with her twice a week and just loves on her and brings her food and encourages her. And an older woman in our church, my, my mom and my dad do that. Does that take a ministry degree? No. That's the heart of Christ. Good friend of mine, Michael, in this church, he, he brought a woman who, who had her dog with her, brought, brought her in and gave her dog water and encouraged her and spoke kind words to her. Does that take a ministry degree? Does that take quitting your job? Does that take a pastor to do it? No. That's for you. That's for you. That's who Christ called. Sam uh, Shiki, who's, who's in Africa right now on a mercy ship. You literally can't do that job with a ministry degree. You have to be a doctor. You have to be a nurse. <laughs> right? I think of the Durkins leading a school. What does it take? It takes the heart of Christ. Let me tell you, church, wherever God calls your feet to walk is the field he's called you to harvest. Did you know that? 
where he's called your feet to go, where he's called your path to go, that you know that's where he's called you to harvest. And sometimes we look around and say, man, I sure wish there was a, a pastor or a missionary here because this is a really great harvest field. Pastor, you should come with the team into my place and you should harvest. And I look at you and think, you're crazy. Like, they're not gonna listen to me. They don't even know me. Like, I look like I'm 25, I wear weird shirts, and I yell a lot. They're not gonna listen to me. They're gonna listen to you. You have investment, you have attachment, you have call, you have opportunity, you've lived the life I haven't lived so you can speak into who I can't speak into, right? Whatever God calls your feet to walk is the field he's calling you to harvest. And we make it so complicated. We say, I don't know, man, Jesus would change everything. No, Jesus would just care about where he is. When he's at the, the well with a prostitute, he cares. When he's with a politician, he cares. When he's with a soldier, he cares. Wherever God took his feet, he harvested. And as a church, our call is into this grandiose, bigger than anything we could imagine thing. Our call is very practically to take the land that he's given us. It's not supposed to be complicated. It's not easy, but it's definitely not complicated. Go back to it again. All month we've been talking, you were created on purpose for a purpose. Your purpose is to be in his presence, to reflect the heart of Christ. And after that, it should birth, it should, should begin something, it should ignite a fire to have the heart of Christ for his people. To be sent into your school, to be sent into your office, to be sent in. The mission of the church is to come together on a Sunday and rejoice at the harvest of your Monday through Saturday. Amen? to inspire, to ignite, to embolden, to, to give you that passion back, to worship with someone. Some of you, you're, the tools of your harvest broke and half your crop seems like it died. And so you gotta get next to somebody who's fired up, who's like, no, here, here's a harvest. Here's how we can encourage one another. And the church is built on this idea that, that wherever your feet are called to go, God has called you to harvest. It's not something you gotta quit your job for. In fact, in 2 Thessalonians, Paul tells people who are quitting their job, stop quitting your job. That's your mission field. <laughs> be there. And for you, it might not be a job. Maybe you don't have a job. Maybe it's your neighborhood. Maybe it's your community. Maybe it's an online community. Whatever it is, God has called you there. He's called you to be sent to take the hope of Jesus. And there's three really practical ways. I, I'm just going to tell you real quick this morning. Three ways. Say, how, how am I going to be sent at Banner Church? If it's send, if the call is send, and I'm not going to Tijuana, I'm not going to move my family to Thailand. If you're not there... Or maybe you are saying, okay, how, how in my life am I going to be sent? There's three ways. I just want to say this morning real quick. Send by serving. This is one of the ways we send. It's really simple. When we have the heart of Jesus, like, like Philippians 2 says, the heart of one who was God saw being like God, nothing to be attained, but made himself a servant and a slave even unto death. All right, the heart of a servant. Could you imagine, just like close your eyes and imagine, I imagine this sometimes, imagine how successful a church would be where everyone served. Could you imagine how actually convincing of the love of Jesus Christ we would be if we all served? It would be crazy. And I'm not saying just here in this building. I'm just saying anywhere we serve. Could you imagine? I would love it if the, if the Christian church got known as the nice ones and we just kind of took that back from the Mormons. Like, hey, we're the people that care. Right? And we care. We're nice. <laughs> That's us. We're not on the street with signs. Like, we're here loving you. you know? 
We care. It's serving. It doesn't have to be far. It doesn't have to be complicated. It just means together we can do something great. Did you know if you're at Banner Church, you're a part of a church, and I love seeing this, that serves, that's committed to serving, that's committed to serving their community, that's committed to serving each other, that's committed to loving on each other, and we're not perfect. People come to me and complain because we're not perfect. Welcome to the earth. But we're serving and we're loving and we're caring. And can I tell you, God can do immeasurably more with the little bit we serve together than the stuff you try to trudge out alone. Bring it in. Bring in your service. Bring in your time. Serve the church. Don't make Carson beg for kids volunteers. Don't make people beg for greeters. Don't make people beg for outreach. Do what we've been doing. Let's just keep doing it. Like I see people bringing in backpacks, serving in kids, serving at the front door, welcoming, welcoming people as they come, going out and, and packing backpacks, two crews, two nights in a row, just packing, packing, packing. Let's just keep doing that, amen? And God is going to do something cool at Banner Church because we serve. So send by serving. Second thing, send by giving. Joked earlier, should I quit my job? Don't, because here's why. Everything in Matthew 25 turns out takes what? Money. <laughs> and I know we hate talking about money, but I've tried to buy things without money, and it's hard. It's hard to buy a homeless person new shoes with no money. Everybody's been burning shoes on, the, on social media lately. Just bring them in. I'll take them and give them to homeless people. Stop burning your shoes. Jeez. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> that bothered me all week, and now I have a microphone. Um, <laughs> but all those things take money. They take care. They take managing it. See, when you go to work and you feel like, oh, I'm selling an hour of my life for this amount of money. No, you're not. What you're doing is you're giving, you're taking what God has given you, your life, your ability to work, your ability to save, and you're using that, as small as you might think it is, to invest in something eternal. Yeah. When you give, you invest in something eternal. We serve by giving. See, a generous church will always make an eternal impact. This church is alive because of generosity, can I tell you? Mm -hmm. This church is here because of generosity. Do you know there's a church, a, a, a friend of mine who's a pastor, who gave our church a large, this church, a large sum of money every month so that we could grow and build and pay for things and be here. Did you know that? He's never been here. He's never been to the state. This church has never been here, but they're a generous church. And can I tell you, I've seen God bless that church because of that. It's amazing. They've never even been here. It's so good. Dude, we have people in the church who faithfully give and faithfully give, and we're able to do amazing things. Be one of the we gave over thirty thirty four thousand dollars to missions last year. That's a person. That's like a staff. You can clap for that. It's good. But I want to encourage you that you can send by giving. Work hard, serve, and give. Just keep generously, and God will make use of it. Katie, Katie spoke about that today. And I, I want to tell you, when we talk about being all in and we talk about missions and stuff, we'll talk starting next week about a missions initiative. All that we're giving is just going out. It's not like I'm buying cars or anything. Y'all have seen my car. <laughs> it's not going in. It's, go, it's going out because we believe in what God's doing. I love just seeing what God's doing in this church. So the third thing, I'm going to write the band up this morning. The third and final thing is send by going. Romans 10, if we go back there, it says how beautiful the feet uh, this month, we're going to chat with some people that, that have gone, both locally and globally. Next week, we have the blessing um, of having Leah Epperson from Heart Encouragement, which is a ministry that uh, specifically ministers and loves on those going through cancer treatment or uh, and, and post-cancer treatment. And then we'll also have Siobhan um, from O3 
OCJ Kids that ministers to the foster care group homes. Then the next week, we have Dana and Bridget with us who are sharing about all that God's doing uh, in Thailand. So we got a lot of people coming in this month to share really cool things. I mean, last time Siobhan came, man, it like wrecked me. It was so good. Just like her stories and her passion and her heart, it's so good. But send by going. You know, God might call you somewhere. And the question is, are you all in? Are you all in? He might call you across the street. He might call you across an aisle. He might call you across an ocean. He might call you across the cubicle. Whatever it is, God's going to call you. He's already called you. Some of you, you hate that he has, but he has. He's already called you. And the question is, are you all in? Can you imagine with me this morning if every person who God had called, which is all of us, went where God had called us obediently and ministered to who he had called us to minister and loved on who he called us to love. Could you imagine what God could do in a generation? Could you imagine what God could do in the generation of this church, the revival that he could bring, the life that he could bring, the identity crisis that he could fix if we just reached out and started going where he called us? I want you to go across this grocery store aisle. I want you to go across this border wall. I want you to go across this ocean. I want you to go across this city line. I want you to go across this racial divide. I want you to go across this political divide. I want you to go across. I want you to go. And as a church, I believe in being all in. Do you know we support a lot of people that go? I'm sort of read you some of them, so I don't have all the time in the world, but some of them. We support Heather Dwight McConnell in Africa. We support Scott and Crystal Martin, the National Catholic Directors. We support BGMC, which is a Bible ministry bringing Bibles to kids. We support a missionary in Kathmandu, Nepal, two churches that have been planted there. We support five uh, what's called live dead missionaries that we can't name and put a lot of stuff out about in, in the Arab world. They're literally ministering in places where we can't even post pictures of them because they'll die. Uh, so five five missionaries there. We support the Pangelinans who are ministering in Thailand. We support uh, Jim and Monica Lindgren who do Window of Hope Medical to set up medical clinics all over the world. We support, support Joel and Karen Hayes in Myanmar. If you didn't know that country's a mess. We support Steve and Lisa Fry in Kosovo. Same thing. We support Keith and Maya Durkin in Tijuana. We support Leroy Cloud, uh, Cloud all throughout Asia. We, su we support the Carpenter family in Israel, Katie Bailey in Barcelona. We su we're supporting Marissa, who's heading to Oman. We support Dana and Bridget, who are heading to Thailand. And we support even more, but I ran out of time writing them all down. That's just globally. Locally, we support OCJ Kids. We support Gary and Tammy Webb, the Minister of Foster Kids. We support four... Uh, uh, leaders of Chi Alpha, we support uh, beyond that, Sean and Candy White at Chi Alpha ASU, we support Chi Alpha NAU, we support Chi Alpha U of A, we support Yavapai Chi Alpha, we support English classes for refugees. I just ordered another stack of books to teach English. Can I tell you a church of 100? Hey, Amen. Let's give it up. Church, did you know this morning by being here and seating and being all in, did you know you're touching the ends of the earth this morning? If you woke up and didn't feel like you had purpose this morning, let me tell you, you do just because you're here, because you're part of a church that's reaching out to every corner of this city and of this earth with the love of Jesus Christ, because people like you who have come before you in this church, are with you in this church, are with you in the globe, have said, I'm all in. For love disciples sin. I'm all in. I'm all in for the mission. And can I tell you, I, I, I got more. 
There's a couple in Chi Alpha in New Mexico I recently ministered to. They have 200 people in their Chi Alpha ministry that they're training and equipping. Awesome. Christian Chambliss, who came in and shared, who does Youth Alive, starts youth, youth ministries and groups in their schools. Love it. Did you know that Dana and Bridget are already thinking about what church they're going to plant from the church they're going to? Anybody else want to be a part of that? Yeah. Banner Bangladesh. It works. It flows. Banner Bangkok. Banner, hey, it's all good. I like it. Can I tell you, when you're a part of this church, when you're a part of being a all in this church, whether it's by serving, giving, or going, you're a part of something that's changing the world. Did you know that? you got a purpose here. You're a part of it, and you might feel like a small part, but can I tell you, I know, I know you. I know you can feed the hungry. I know you can give a drink to the thirsty. I know you can clothe those in need. I know you can visit those that hurt. Working on a ministry right now, actually, for, uh, to go into the homes of the elderly or, or people that, that are, that are kind of stuck at home and build a bridge into that community. Can I tell you my desire for this church too or another ministry that we're believing for this year is to start a Spanish-speaking service at Banner Church. There's all sorts of things that God is doing, but it's not going to happen just because I want it. I'm kind of at the end of my energy, if I'm going to be honest. I'm kind of pushed enough from the back, and I'm ready for us to continue pulling from the front and say, you know what, God's got a plan. God's got something good. We talked all month about purpose and revival, but I can tell you God's doing something great, and I'm ready for him to do more. But he's asking the church, are you all in? Are you all in to serve? Are you all in to give? Are you all in to go? Are you all in? I'm gonna do this this morning. I'm gonna end a little differently than our normal thing. We're doing one thing real quick. I'm gonna have the ushers begin right now to hand out communion. And here's what I was thinking, because I know anytime we talk about missions or missions initiatives, and there's this there's this idea somehow that it's about money and it's about us and it's about our greatness. And so what I, I would love to do is right off the bat, just stamp on the service that it's about Christ. Right, right off the bat, just stamp on this service, stamp on this month, stamp on this moment that it's that it's all about Christ. That it's all about him, the reason we're doing this, the reason we're believing, the reason you have purpose, the reason we send by serving, send by giving, send by going is because of Jesus Christ. We love because he first loved us. So here's what I want to do. I want to take communion together because when the body of Christ gathered together, they recognized the love of Jesus and it fueled them. And I want you to get fueled for this series. I want you to get fueled for all that. I want to end this series with you fired up. Not just me fired up, but you just fired up. Man, God's going to awaken some things. I don't know if you knew this, but we do pre-service prayer at 9 a.m. Everyone's invited on Sunday mornings. But we pray for you this morning that God would awaken something in your heart. And I believe that he has. And so we're going to start here this morning. Can somebody bring me one of those so that I, I can do it too? Uh, we'll, we'll take the different pieces in just a second. The top layer um, of your of your Denny's creamer is, is the bread. And I'm going to have to put this down to open it because I got sausage fingers. receive it in just a second. Hold those in your hand. Hold those, hold those with you. We're going to receive it in just a second. It says here, for what I received from the Lord, I also delivered to you that the Lord Jesus on that he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. We take the bread. And can I tell you about the bread this morning? This is the body of Christ. 
It's symbolically the body of Jesus Christ. And what it stands for is that God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And that Jesus went all in. He was all in for it. That his body was broken. He was all in. There wasn't backing out. He's all in. And this morning, before we as a church say we're all in for the mission, we first and foremost say, thank you, Jesus. That your body was broken for me. And I respond to that love in Jesus' name. Let's receive the bread together. Second thing this morning, he says, says, in the same way, he took the cup and after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it and remembrance is me. This is important this morning, church. The blood is kind of like a weird culture. We don't talk about that very often. It's kind of a little weird if you've never been in church. But the blood stands for this, that a price was paid. And when we drink this, we not only remember the price that was paid for us, but as we're talking about being all in for missions, we remember the price that was paid for everyone else. Did you know the price for the souls who have still not chosen to follow Christ has still already been paid? And we're just letting them know. We're not redeeming, saving, fixing. We're just letting people know. Jesus loves you. And the blood of Christ is important because when Christ looks at you, if you've never known this, when Christ looks at you, when you come under the authority of Christ, when he looks at you, he doesn't see your sin, doesn't see your shame, doesn't see your brokenness, he sees the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Let's receive the cup together this morning. Amen. Would you stand with me this morning? I want to pray for you one last time. The band is going to lead the chorus of this song and just declares who he is and just kind of ending in this moment of recognition. But my prayer, again, the prayer of my heart this morning is that God would just continue to stir in your heart and say, God, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. And allow that love to fuel you. And this morning say, God, I'm all in for your mission. God, as we go through this series, I'm all in. So let's pray together this morning. God, we build our life on you. God, we build our life on you. We, we say, holy are you, God. Worthy are you, God. Thank you, Jesus, that you gave your son for us. And God, as this month, as we step out and we look at missions, as we look at what you're doing locally and globally, when, you, when we look at what you're doing in our community, in communities across the world, we say, first and foremost, it's about you. God, it's not about glorifying Banner Church. God, it's not about glorifying Josh and Katie. God, it's not about increasing finances or numbers. God, this is about you because you're good and you're faithful and your love is pure and your love is good. And we just want everyone to know. And so, God, we just say, I'm all in. I'm all in. Holy are you, Lord. I'm all into you. I'm all into your mission.